In today's episode, I will answer a question that I actually got from one of my loyal followers. And the question is, do we still need Active Directory AD groups in the age of Microsoft Teams? You're listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast with Greg Zelfon, bringing you proven practical tips every week on how to correctly set up and adapt to SharePoint and Microsoft 365. If you have questions, Greg has the answers. And now, here's your host, Greg Zelfon. Hello again, this is Greg from SharePoint Maven, and welcome to episode number 87 of the SharePoint Maven podcast. So today's question is a very interesting one. Uh, and uh, like I mentioned, uh, was an actual question I received from one of my uh, loyal followers. And the question is about the relevance of uh, Active Directory groups uh, in the age of Microsoft Teams. Uh, so essentially the question is, should we still be using the good old AD groups now that we have uh, Microsoft 365 groups? Before I answer that question, I want to provide a bit of background and explain some of this terminology in case if you're not familiar with it. So we will start with AD or Active Directory groups. Uh, this um, good old groups, security groups that we had forever. Uh, essentially, these are the uh, security groups that UIT has utilized you know, for many, many years to manage security uh, of your file shares. And AD group, all it is, it's a security group. Um, and there is really nothing else uh, super exciting about it. It's a security group that kind of unites um, the members of the group by uh, a project or particular role, you know, maybe department. Essentially, that's uh, what UIT has used to manage, you know, security to the different folders in your file share. AD groups uh, allowed for much easier uh, security management. So, for example, let's say uh, in the old days you had a file server with, uh, right, a bunch of folders, you know, different network drives, and obviously a bunch of folders. Uh, and uh, let's say you needed to have a certain folder accessible by the HR department only, or IT, or accounting. Uh, and obviously, your organization could be, you know, you know, tens and hundreds, if not thousands of users. So what IT um, did in this case, they would create a group, you know, by role, department, you know, project, function, etc., and they would add all the users to the corresponding groups. And it made security management uh, much simpler because as people, you know, as people, users, employees come and go, um, those users would just be added to the corresponding you know, groups in Active Directory. And uh, of course, this group would be added to a given, you know, folder, all right? So if let's say I'm a new employee, I would immediately have access to the folders I need to have access to. And of course, you know, IT would manage uh, those security groups, those AD groups uh, uh, in Active Directory, obviously. Uh, and you could also do a number of other things, like for example, you could nest embed a group uh, within the other group, all right? So if you had a hierarchy, of some sort, maybe your department was broken down into uh, sub-departments, you know, different business units, you could also kind of create um, subgroups, I guess, and nest them into uh, bigger groups. And that's all uh, there is to it. Again, it's just a, a way to manage security to a piece of content. Uh, the only important thing I need to mention about Active Directory groups is that the membership of those groups needs to be managed by IT, all right? It's not something there is no kind of uh, employee-facing component, all right, or interface. Uh, it's something that UIT team would typically manage in the background, 
and just you know add uh, those security groups to the folder. So it's uh, not something that uh, regular users had uh, access to. All right. And once again, very important. Those ID groups were managed by IT. Now this, of course, changed um, several years ago with the introduction of uh, Microsoft 365 groups. All right, so we got groups, uh, I forget now, around 2016, 2017, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Microsoft 365 groups, that is. Uh, and essentially what a Microsoft 365 group, and by the way, it used to be called an Office 365 group, uh, it's essentially a security slash membership group. However, it's not just a security group. Uh, it's a security group that is tied to other applications within Microsoft 365 ecosystem. So when you create one of those Microsoft 365 groups, you end up with a number of things. You end up with a SharePoint uh, site. You end up with a calendar and Outlook, a distribution list. Uh, you can also time uh, in a planner uh, as well. And essentially, the, all these applications um, are accessible by the members of that uh, particular group. Now, where this Microsoft 365 group concept really picked up was with the introduction of Microsoft Teams back in 2017. Uh, every time you create a new team in Teams, uh, behind the scenes, a Microsoft 365 group is created, essentially a membership group uh, that controls the members of the team. And as a result, other assets are created as well, uh, like a SharePoint site, uh, that's where the files are stored for the team, uh, a calendar and Outlook, that's where the events are managed, a distribution list. Uh, you can also tie in Planner and other applications uh, to uh, you know, that particular group. And the idea behind this group is pretty simple. Uh, if you're part of the team, if you're part of the security group, you have access to everything the group has to offer, right? all these other apps, you can add, add, delete stuff in there. Uh, and if you are not part of the group, then you don't have access to any of these applications uh, you know, that are tied to that particular group, that particular team. Now, that's the overview of the Microsoft 365 group. And what's unique about uh, this uh, type of uh, security group is that the membership is managed by the team owner. So with AD groups, we had the membership managed exclusively by the IT team. With Microsoft 365 group, and especially teams, it's power to the members, power to the owners, I should say, right? Essentially, if you're the team owner, uh, uh, you don't need to contact IT to add or remove people uh, from those uh, groups. The idea is that um, essentially you would be able to manage the membership on your own, right? You're in total control. You don't need to contact IT to make any changes. And you can manage the membership of the group from Teams, you know, from SharePoint site, you know, calendar is really up to you. I mean, typically, you know, normally you, these days you would be managing permissions uh, right from Microsoft Teams. Uh, another very important uh, thing I need to mention to you is that you cannot nest Microsoft 365 groups, all right? You cannot embed, uh, first of all, you cannot embed uh, other Microsoft 365 groups into existing groups, all right? So they don't really allow any nesting. Uh, you can also not embed any ID groups, all right? So it's kind of this flat architecture, right? We have all these different you know, teams and groups floating around. Uh, and essentially, if you're part of the team, that's great. If you're not, you're not. And um, you can only add people. You can only add members. You cannot uh, embed or nest any other groups inside of Microsoft 365 uh, groups. So now that I have given you some information and background on this, uh, back to the original question. Um, so which group do we use? You know, do we just use Microsoft 365 groups or do we also utilize AD groups? Are they still relevant? Uh, well, let me try and answer that now. 
So the idea, of course, is that, uh, and I think that's kind of the, um, you know, Microsoft philosophy as well, but the idea is that you would be managing security now uh, through Microsoft 365 groups. It's kind of this decentralized approach where uh, obviously IT people can manage security for those groups, but it's also the team members, right? If I'm the owner of a particular department or project, I can just manage the membership myself uh, without really contacting IT. Now, what's interesting about Microsoft 365 groups is that because behind the scenes, um, it's also obviously a security group, uh, just happens to be a security group tied to other applications. But behind the scenes, it's a security group. So I can actually utilize uh, this security group to manage access to folders, you know, other sites, um, you know, maybe pages, you know, um, whatever content you have, you can actually uh, utilize Microsoft 365 group to manage the security of that content. So in theory, in theory, you can just rely on a Microsoft 365 group to manage security anywhere in your tenant. You could uh, once again utilize uh, Microsoft 365 group for um, just maybe if you need to secure a specific folder or a library, have unique security on that. You know, if Microsoft 365 group already exists, you can utilize uh, that security group uh, for that specific purpose. So AD groups, as a result, kind of became secondary now, all right? Because we have so many groups now floating around, uh, usually, usually it's more than enough to control security for a given, you know, SharePoint tenant. However, let me tell you about a few instances where I think AD groups might still be relevant. The first instance would be the folder level permissions. Sometimes you might have um, you know, a SharePoint site and let's pretend it's a site that is tied to Microsoft 365 group, to a team. Obviously the security of the site would be managed by the Microsoft 365 group itself. So if you are the member of the group, then obviously you have add, added delete rights to the site as well. And want to make sure and clarify that when I say add, added, delete, uh, I don't mean they delete the site. I mean, add, added, delete content on that site. However, uh, let's say you have a library maybe uh, or a folder that needs to have unique security. So in this case, you can create unique permissions uh, for a given folder. Uh, however, uh, if it's uh, maybe a subset of users, right, and um, you constantly need to create those unique permissions, it's always um, uh, you know, recommended to uh, put those users into some sort of group. Uh, well, in this case, AD group might not be a bad idea. In theory, you could use uh, a Microsoft 365 group that maybe already exists. And if it does, great. You can obviously um, you know, utilize that group if uh, you already have a, an existing maybe team you know, for, those, for the subset of users, then obviously that's fantastic. Just uh, you know, utilize that Microsoft 365 group. However, uh, let's say that this does, group does not exist. In this case, you, it might not be a bad idea to create an AD group uh, for, for the subset of users. And let me tell you why. Uh, when you create a Microsoft 365 group, remember it doesn't create just a group. Right? So it's not just a security group. Uh, it's a security group with benefits, right? Uh, it's a security group behind the scenes that also creates a SharePoint site and a calendar and exchange and the distribution list. And you know it creates all this other stuff you don't need. Uh, so if you just need to secure a folder and need to have a security group, then obviously Microsoft 365 group would be an overkill. Uh, so in this case, um, what might really help is the uh, Active Directory group that maybe would be obviously created by your IT team and maintained by uh, the IT team 
But at least in this case, you're not going to end up with all this other stuff and junk uh, that's getting created as part of Microsoft 365 group. The second scenario where I think AD groups might uh, be beneficial uh, would be audience targeting. In case you're not familiar with uh, this particular functionality, um, feel free to um, listen to episode number 34. Uh, that's where I actually describe what this feature is all about. But essentially what audience targeting allows you to do, it allows you to set different audiences uh, for different types of content. And you can set up audience targeting um, uh, a number of different ways. You can set it up on navigation. You can set it up on news polls. Uh, you can set it up on quick links and even a calendar uh, of events. And the idea is that uh, essentially um, if let's say you have two departments, you know, sales and marketing, and maybe you publish some uh, news polls uh, or maybe you have some uh, calendar events, that only sales team needs uh, to see, then you can target those news and events uh, towards salespeople. Uh, and likewise, if you uh, only have you know uh, news and events that marketing team needs to see, then you can target those uh, accordingly as well. And uh, audience targeting is not so much about kind of certain security on the content. It's uh, once again more about audience targeting. Uh, it uh, just will allow you to surface up, let's say, a news post on the homepage uh, and um, you know, have a display for the relevant group of users. It's not like it's going to hide it, uh, you know, or, or make this news post completely invisible to the other group of users. Again, it's all about uh, viewing and servicing the information on the SharePoint uh, you know, page. So in this particular scenario, I think AD groups would also make sense uh, for the same exact reason. Uh, and um, essentially, uh, this way, you are just going to rely on security groups to target um, content to different groups of users. And this way, you're not going to um, you know, create extra teams and SharePoint sites and uh, groups in exchange. Um, essentially, you are just going to purely rely on the security uh, groups in Active Directory. And um, another kind of reason for using AD groups, and I guess it's kind of related to the previous two options, is the fact that AD groups by design are managed by the IT team. Uh, remember, unlike Microsoft 365 groups, right, um, regular users cannot edit uh, the membership of the AD groups. And sometimes this could be beneficial. Once again, if we're talking about restricting access to certain folders, so targeting you know, content, right? You don't want to rely on some user, you know, head of the particular project or department, right, to be in charge of membership, right? Because they accidentally invite someone else into their team just because they need to share content with those, uh, you know, with those folks, with those users, and all of a sudden, right, uh, your whole audience targeting of folder level permissions goes out the window because uh, essentially you have zero control over the membership, right? The, uh, some owner does. With AD groups, it's strictly limited to the IT department. So hopefully, um, if you had a similar question, hopefully this answers your question about uh, the relevance of uh, AD groups in the age of Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365 groups. Uh, uh, once again, I do think they have a place, maybe uh, not as prominent as previously, but I think AD groups are still relevant. Um, so hopefully you learned something new in this particular episode. Um, as always, uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you on my blog, SharePointMaven.com, and talk to you next week. You've been listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast with Greg Zelfond. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the Apple Podcast app, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.